Hi, how are you doing? Neil here from DMR. I'm just about to introduce to you episode three of the At Home with DMR podcast. Uh, as I know that you're always interested to hear what I'm up to, again, on another little walk, currently navigating the Wirral Way. Uh, it's a lovely evening, sun shining. Uh, it's quite busy, actually, so just having to be... Uh, I mean, it's 20 to 8. I didn't think it was going to be this busy, but I suppose nice walkways, sort of prime lockdown real estate, really. But anyway, we move on. Cycling by. Anyway, um, yeah, at home with DMR episode three with Lee Chadwick. A little bit of a different take on uh, the podcast. We're talking about the world class refit that happened to our Manchester brunch, uh, which is quite interesting. Uh, another thing that I'm eager to get you involved in is we'll be sharing a link where you guys, the listeners, can be on the podcast. So the link will be promoted through social media. You click on that, you can avoid a voice message, and then you'll be on the podcast. You can ask me questions, you can give me fan mail if you want, praise. We do accept constructive criticism, if that's what you want to do, but positive vibes only. Anyway, enough of that, on we go. Episode 3. Hello and welcome to episode three of the At Home with DMR podcast. Today we have Lee Chadwick joining us. He's our showroom manager of our Manchester branch. Uh, Lee, welcome. Uh, good morning, Neil. How are you? All right, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Very well indeed, actually. It's, uh, it's uh, nice to be talking to you, albeit virtually. I've started every podcast um, with asking how lockdown is going, but albeit we're sort of, you know, maybe approaching the end of lockdown, but who knows? But ha- same goes for you. How how is lockdown lockdown treating you? Uh, yeah, lockdown's been lockdown's been okay. It's not been easy in parts. No. Um, obviously, there's myself, my wife, and my two daughters here, so they've all been all home, which has been nice. It's been good to have them around, albeit forced upon us a little bit Um, but yeah during that time I've taken the opportunity to do things that ordinarily I wouldn't have had the opportunity due to work so I've been uh, cycling a little bit more reading I've seen on on, I'm new to the Strava um, the Strava gang but I decided you know what I did a 5k about three weeks ago so I thought I'll get get myself a Strava I haven't been on it since but I noticed that you're uh, you're putting the miles in aren't you I'm trying to, yeah. Um, I have to say that a certain uh, GM was uh, the instigator in that. Uh, Carl was uh, not forceful, but I think it was a case of sort of like challenging us to do something different whilst we were in this position. Um, It's good good to sort of stretch yourself and and make the most of of the time that you, you you didn't have beforehand. Um, Definitely, it's it's one of those things. I'm. sort of trying to keep active but it's hard isn't it i mean I've, I've got my bike i've been out on a few rides i went for a long walk yesterday and um just trying to keep myself ticking over fitness wise yeah i think from from my side of things it's uh it's reignited something that i always enjoyed you know going back to my youth it was something that cycling i always found easy 
it wasn't yeah. something that you know not like running where I've you know it's something that's a real task running so being back out on the bike has uh has been a little bit of a blessing and I think we've been lucky with the weather so that's helped us to be able to just oh, go out obviously when we had that when we had our first period of lockdown and it was only an hour's exercise you know that hour became invaluable to to be able to just go out and perhaps get some fresh air clear the mind and, and enjoy it and you know even to where I live now I've found places that I've never been no but yet the bike gave me that opportunity to find places and just having a few more hours in the day I could plan a few more rides and make it make it a bit more viable for me so today we're taking a little bit different slant on our usual podcast formula the special guest is Lee Chadwick and yourself um but also the guest and sort of topic is going to be the Manchester showroom itself um, we'll be discussing how that showroom has become uh, an award winner. Um, so, Lee, tell me, your shop has had a recent renovation and refit. Um, just tell me a little bit briefly about, about that refit. So the refit um, was decided probably around about two years ago now. Yeah. Um, that we were going to approach it. Um, very fortunate. It's always nice to think that you know, Manchester was going to get that first really big um, <laughs> uplift in, in the new DMR format, potentially. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to believe, really, that we're exactly a year, a year ago now, this week, that we're coming up to the point where we started to plan the reopening. How did the, the process begin? When did the company identify um, the need to refit Manchester, do you think, and why? So, myself and John um, had a chat probably going back three years ago three and a half years ago yeah and john um very candidly said you know do you think we could expand um and i think when you looked at the showroom it was and you know the old showroom it yeah. was tight it was yeah. tight um but what we had the blessing of is is the downstairs area yeah. um we we've got the best corner position in the city you know for for a jeweler's location and where exactly are where exactly are so we we're on the corner of saint Anne square yeah. So uh, just off Dean's Gate, direct, directly opposite St. Anne's Church, and then obviously onto St. Anne's Square. As a location, we were absolutely perfect. Um, obviously, the original store was uh, right on the corner. We expanded to the to the right of the store if you're in the store, which is apparently it used to be an old shoe shop. Okay. Um, and then to the left-hand side of the store was, uh, at the well, the last store that was there was the three mobile phone shop. Okay. And uh, for those that don't know, the the stores have a great basement area. So obviously we've got our ground level and then we've got the basement area as well. So it lends itself to having a real strong square footage of, of showroom space or retail space in, a, in what normally within a city centre you wouldn't normally find. So when when you guys identify the um, the need to to do a refit, there was always an idea of expanding into those two retail areas side yes. by side. Yeah. So obviously we got the the previous um, refit done, which was you know from my memory before my time with the business, it would have been probably what eight nine years. Yeah. And that allowed us to to expand the Rolex Espace, um, which was the old version. Yeah. Um, and that was the first one in the city centre. Uh, and again, that, that served a great purpose for the store because, again, it elevated the DMR brand. And certainly with a partner like Rolex, that was yeah. uh, invaluable. 
How do you think the um, the showroom compared to the the other luxury stores in the area? Because in Manchester, you've got such a high concentration of of luxury retailers, be that other jewelry uh, jewelry companies or the likes of Harvey Nichols and Selfridges and independent boutiques as well. Do you feel that um, that the showroom pre refit it, it wasn't sort of up to their standards, or do you think it was? We just needed a an opportunity to go sort of above and beyond that i think what we've found over the last few years um is that luxury retailing has moved on at a serious rate of knots yeah um you know luxury nowadays is not what it was five years ago so i think the initial um refit where we we got the rolex as was you know let's call it stage one at the time yes it did yeah you know it, it met that then but as we know things move at a serious rate and you have to keep up with luxury. You know, the environment has to be right. The touching points have to be perfect. And the environment that we need to be in to compete with an ever uh, global trend of, of people traveling, obviously that might be a little bit different now, Yeah, but we all know that before uh, lockdown and COVID, the world was a much smaller place. You know, you could travel to the other side of the world, easier than we've ever been able to do before so to remain present and to remain current we've had to move forward as a brand and i think manchester now has elevated that point of being a better representation of the dmr brand going forward so when the uh, the plans were first put to you when when everything was sort of hashed out the drawings were there and they were laid on the table in front of you you said lee this is going to be your your new showroom how did you feel were they ambitious were you intimidated or or were you excited um a little bit of them all really honest yeah. with you, <laughs> um i think the first thing that struck me was the sheer size you know and and that's on paper when you look at the size you think okay so two levels, five or six designated spaces. Yeah. Um, how do you manage that? How do you create a a, a feeling of, of enjoyment for customers? Because the bigger it becomes, what we didn't want to do is lose that DMR touch, which is of, of a personal environment where you can get to know the people. Yeah, that's important, where, isn't it? It is. It's hugely important where you get to share the atmosphere, where you can celebrate those things that people are coming in to ultimately see us about, whether it be an anniversary, a birthday, an engagement, wedding rings. You know, the list is endless. Yeah. They're all positive. Um, they're positive times in people's lives. Yeah. And, and, and for us to be part of that is really special. But having an environment that they also represent or it represents that time in their life as well is so important. And full disclosure, Lee, when um, when these plans were, were afoot and, and you saw the little bit of pressure, maybe. Yeah, I think um, my experience always tells me uh, I've, I've been in the trade a long time. I've done a couple of different refits with different retailers. I've yeah. not worked for EMR or for all my career, but. Certainly, you understand that there is a pressure when you look at that size and scale of refit. Yeah, there you know, always it is. is. Yeah, there are, there's always going to be a pressure. It, it's, it's business. 
at the end of the day, there has to be a return on that investment. Um, you know, let's be honest with you, it, it was never going to be something that we wanted after so many weeks, months or, you know, a year. It was, it's a long-term plan. It's a long-term investment. We've invested in the city. We've invested in, in Manchester. And it's not for the short term. It's there for another 50 years. Hopefully yeah. we can trade through it for longer than that. We've got a great DNA. And I'm sure at some stage it, it'll redevelop again. But for the short term, um, it's, a, it's a super refit. What John Robinson wanted to do after it was completed, he was really keen to get everyone in the company to Manchester to, to have a look at this world-class showroom that, that we as a company have been able to create. And my first um, impressions of, of going in there, because I literally, I think I worked in Manchester for a couple of days, a couple of weeks before the, um, the building started, and then I didn't return until it was all complete. So it was one of those sort of like big reveal moments that you see on these makeover television shows. And as I walked in, I was I was flabbergasted by the um, the amount of detail as well. I mean, instantly it hits you. It's clean, it's modern, it's luxurious. But the the, the small details uh, for me were something that that was really impressive. What do you think that makes that chain turns a a nice showroom into a world class showroom that we have there? What what do you think it is? Wow. Um... It's a mixture of, of different things. I think space is is something that makes it inordinately different yeah. to any other retail outlets. That's the one thing that we were very lucky with space. So we've been able to provide um, that element of being able to let someone sit down and feel that they're enclosed in their own sort of bubble to some extent yeah they're not necessarily sat upon somebody mm -hmm. um you know sometimes you, you go into different places whether it be uh you know you know selfridges harrods somewhere like that and you may be stood up in yeah. a luxury environment looking at someone and someone could be looking over your shoulder or literally right next to you going through the next through the same process it doesn't make it feel special or so exclusive. Got, yeah, so space allowed us it allowed us to make it feel a bit more exclusive or a yeah. lot more exclusive. Um so that was the first thing. I think the detail that you talk about, it's a soft, it's a soft furnishings, it's being able to create um a feeling of comfort and being able to be put at ease and feel relaxed instantly. Yeah. There's nothing like you know, walking into a a luxury jeweler's is a daunting task in itself. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, we have a closed door policy, yeah. something that we probably just take for granted. But actually, if we put ourselves in that shopper's mindset, coming to a door where you have to be let in, it does create that little bit of nervousness. So, yeah. you know, it's about feeling when you walk in, you know, feel relaxed. The windows, obviously, as well, were a huge um, step forward for us as well. And, and Laurie, uh, RVM, has done a great job in being able to get the windows to look more luxurious, more boutique orientated. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely become a place that people you know want to be. It's it's such a comfortable and and beautiful environment. It's um, 
it, it's definitely something that I think clients will will be you know eager to talk about with their their friends and, and peers because it is such an impressive and an, an impressive showroom. You guys were nominated for an award. Um, do you want to talk to talk to us a little bit about that? So Watch Pro approached us. They're a, an industry publication. Um, and Rob Carter, who's the chief editor uh, of the actual publication, wanted to do an interview with John Robinson. And John hosted Rob in our DMR lounge uh, in the showroom. And we took Rob around the showroom, showed him the refit, what we put into it, all the thoughts behind it, the Rolex workshop, um, the upstairs Rolex Espace, the downstairs Rolex Espace. And Rob conducted the interview with with John and then the Watch Pro company do an award ceremony each year that recognises the industry standard uh, achievers. Um, and we were nominated for, for Best Refit. Um, I was very lucky in the fact that John asked me to, to go to London. Um, two of our colleagues from Canary Wharf joined us and we went to the Watch Pro Awards and won, which was yeah, phenomenal. You know, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, it wasn't all my own work. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was a credit to the company, to everyone involved who had put hours of work, you know. Um, DMR was, sorry, David Robinson uh, was, was instrumental in the build. Uh, Liz, Laurie, John... Carl, everybody had a touching point yeah. of what went into the showroom. Um, and it's and great it, to get that sort of recognition from, like you say, an industry publication. And it's, you know, it's not just them sending you a letter. There's, a, as you said, there's a big award ceremony. All of our peers in the industry are there. And, you know, what, what a great thing to put all of that work into something and then be recognised. I mean, that, that's what we're all in, in it for in one way yeah. or another. I think the other thing as well is that I think we always, I don't know, to some extent within the industry, perhaps London is seen as the, as the mecca of luxury. Yeah. I think you'd be right to say that. You know, we look at all, we look at Bond Street Mm -hmm. and and we were up against some competitors on Bond Street, you know, that, that were spending absolute fortunes on refits. You know, we spent a lot of money, Um, but that Bond Street-esque luxury environment, for a shop in Manchester, two yeah. only two hours, ten minutes away by train, is now an award-winning showroom in the city centre. That's that's some accolade. What I would say, if there's anyone listening that hasn't been to to Manchester post lockdown, post um, you know we're allowed to travel and things like that, I do say I just go and have a look at it because it's an it's an amazing thing. You guys are as welcome as well welcoming as ever, and I'm sure you'd be uh, you'd be thrilled to show the place off, wouldn't you? We do. I think um, that was one of the things the team were most proud of mm-hmm. of being able to show the showroom off, and it it continues up until or it continued up until lockdown. You know, everyone mm-hmm. that came through, we were always proud to show the amount of effort that went into building the you know the the, the place that we have now. And you're speaking about your team there as well. Before the, the refit, 
you, you know, if you're going to expand the actual square footage of a uh, of a retail space, you have to expand your team as well. So there was an element of you have to go out and recruit as well, we isn't did. there? We did. We we doubled the size of the team, um, doubled the space. So we went from just over two thousand two hundred square feet to just over five thousand. So we, you know, we were fur- you know well over doubled in wow. terms of space, and that then lent the fact that to man that space, we needed to. We needed to have a team that represented that space as well. So, you know, that was a, a job whilst we were closed for refitting that we started the recruitment process. And a and bit I of think- a, a commodity that time whilst you were closed for refit because you were able to have your team close together, sort of back on into the sort of training room and really sort of knit together as you know, like any good team throughout sporting um, history is a team that's bonded. And, and you were given that time to sort of have that concentrated um, sort of training uh, space to, to be able to come out for reopening and hit, hit the ground running. Yeah. I mean, it was something that myself and John spoke about and Jen and John, was John Robinson was fantastic because he he said, look, you know, whilst we're closed, we're going to make sure that we get the team, as you say, like in a football analogy, you know, absolutely yeah. prepped and ready for the for the season. Um, we were afforded some uh, very important time with our watch partners. Rolex uh, allowed us to have our own private training with them, wow. which which is not something normally done. No. Um, again with Tudor uh, IWC also created that time for us as well we went to Birmingham and spent some da- time doing additional diamond training um, and we also spent time doing some luxury training as well and that if that afforded us doing some mystery shopping in London um, which was great as well that's something that I think the team will always think positively about because like you say you'll never get that time again to be able no. to to get all your team together Whilst the reef, whilst the store's being refit and it's closed, to go off and and hone your skills and make sure that you you you're fighting weight, ready for the day that you become open. You reopened and it was it was launched yeah. and you had. I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong. Did you was it three or four uh, events? We, we, was it or had, more? Uh, if my memory serves me right, we had five events in three days. Four days, five <laughs> events in four days. That is, um, that is a busy opening yeah, schedule. Yeah, perhaps we wouldn't do that again if there's a great learning. It wouldn't be that. I mean, don't be wrong, I I no. ate well for four days, I, I drank well <laughs> for four days, and I certainly slept when the time was required. But you know, from that point of view, you know, from the point of view there, the team were amazing. Um, Hannah, my assistant manager, was was with me all the way. Um, we had, I think, three dinners. One opening ceremony where we had 150 people within the sh- in the showroom, um, and then yeah. we also hosted another private dinner as well for uh, for one of our other partners as well that we're working with. So at that time, it was brilliant. Hannah Pownell, our events coordinator, put them all together. She did a super job in in liaising with all the the caterers and bringing everyone in. You know, it, it's hard to believe that we actually catered for the best part of 40 people um, at a, a sit-down dinner, three course, wow. three course in, in, the, show in, in the showroom itself. Um, yeah. You know. And who were the caterers so, for that again? Yeah, I believe so they, we had, they went um, down really well. So Australasia, um, which is a, yeah. a, a very well-respected restaurant in the city centre. It's it's one of the best places to eat. Um, 
they yeah. brought some of their chefs in um, or their serving uh, waiting on team. And they were superb, you know, to have them for, for four days in the showroom, cooking, um, serving great wines and, and looking after us. You know, they really did. They yeah. they took a lot of pressure off us and was just able to help us look after our clients, our customers, our friends. Yeah, what an experience for those clients as well, yeah. after you've sort of been dormant for a while whilst the, um, whilst the refit's happening. You've got a huge client base that I'm sure we're sort of chomping at the bit to get back and see you all. And then what a way to uh, to welcome them back into the uh, the Manchester showroom with, with such a, a luxurious event. Yeah. Or a lot of events. Yeah, it was um, it was a it was a great experience. You know, I think we've we've learned from from those experiences, and we continue to um, develop the events that we can put on into Manchester. Um, yeah, and you know, who knows what absolutely. the future is going to hold? Yeah. But what an amazing space that you guys have there. And speaking from our uh, our Liverpool branch, our Liverpool branch is beautiful and remains so. But there there may be a sort of tinge of jealousy. You know, everyone everyone sort of has a little look at the uh, the neighbour with the brand new car, um, <laughs> and you guys are that for us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, nice car. <laughs> Lee, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today, and um, thanks so much for giving up a bit of your uh, your cycling <laughs> time um, for, for to be a guest on on the DMR podcast. Um, yeah, thanks again. My thanks so much. Pleasure, Neil.